0: Hello, this is Ellen Goldsmith, and welcome to Health Currents Radio. Last week we spoke with Dr. Valerie LaRosa about autism what it is, what are its causes, and how it can be treated. And today we welcome her back to start exploring what the biomedical approach to treatment is. Today we're going to focus on evaluation and treatment of children with autism spectrum disorder. Dr. Valerie LaRosa is a naturopathic physician at Pearl Natural Health in Portland, Oregon, who specializes in pediatrics and the treatment of children with autism spectrum disorders. Dr. LaRosa, welcome back to Health Currents Radio. Thanks, Ellen. So last week, we talked all about what autism is, what its causes could be, and what biomedical uh, research and treatment is about what would be the first steps that you do in evaluating and treating a child with autism spectrum disorder?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, um, a big part of it is going to be taking that that individual history of that child, um, because it is a spectrum uh, in, in every sense, both the behavior and the physical issues going on. Uh, the first step for one child might, might be different from the first step for the next child. Um, there's a lot of unique presentations of autism. But for the most part, in a really general way, I, I definitely want to look at diet first. Um, look at what that child is eating, what they're not eating. Often, there's a big component of extreme picky eating <laughs> in mm-hmm. young children with autism. It's true of most young children, um, you know, around the age when autism is diagnosed and and treat, you know, started to be treated two, three, four. But um, when you add in all the digestive issues and, and food issues and things like that, um, it can be a real struggle just, just to get these kids to eat anything or to eat anything particularly healthy. So diet is probably the first place they start with, with families. And then from there, you really want to make sure that, that that child is just getting basic uh, nutrition that's going to drive you know, their, their biochemistry and help their body to, to function um, because often a, a lot of those pathways are impaired. So um, we might look at different formulations of, of vitamins and minerals. So, working with little
0: kids and food can be so yeah. tricky, isn't it? I mean, we're both parents, we know what that's like. Yeah. Um, so, with a child with this kind of disorder, where there's sensory issues, you know, it may not just be the taste, but the texture and the color, all of that kind of thing, the temperature. How do you actually –
1: what do you tell parents? Get like nutrition. <laughs> yeah, how do they get yeah.
0: nutrition, that, you know, if yeah. they're, like, kind of going on strike for a yeah.
1: while? Well, luckily, it's a wide range, and sometimes I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by, you know, there are some children that will eat some vegetables out there, oh, and we can work good. with that. But, um, but, but more often than not um, – what you see is that the the child's favorite foods are are the most likely culprits of of food reactions and sensitivities, which are uh, gluten in in wheat products and then um, casein, which is in in dairy products and and they're both food additives as well so they're in all the yummy processed foods that that you know young toddlers and preschoolers love so um, that That is often the case that the you know whether the parents know about those common food allergens or not, they'll they'll definitely say that the the child is actually seeking out the very foods that are hurting them. So, um, you know, it really just uh, it comes down to a, a whole bag of tricks that I you know, try and work with the the parents and um, whoever's you know primarily feeding the child. Sometimes there are many different, Family members involved, grandmas, and you know, or daycare centers and things like that. So I try to work with them uh, to use all kinds of cool tricks. Probably one of my favorites is um, most kids will uh, really enjoy something like a you know a fruit-based smoothie, and that kind of speaks to the whole texture issue as well. A lot of a lot of these kids like that smooth texture, and so conveniently we can hide things like green vegetables in a smoothie, and we can we can put you know powdered Uh, vitamin supplements in there. And I've definitely run into kids that will not touch a smoothie though. So then we have to get, get more creative that way. And I always tell the parents that, you know, it really has to be baby steps. um, And you can't expect a child that's only eating bread and cheese, um, or, you know, only eating Cheetos or something to, to suddenly sit down to a plate full of vegetables, you know, even in six months or something that we just, you know, every little bit of nutrition you get in them is a victory. So, that's a huge part of conversations I have with parents is how, how are we going to approach it for this particular child? What's going to work for them?
0: Right. And also it sounds like, you know, if your child is so cranky and picky and if you give them, quote, what they want and they calm down, but if you t- don't give them what they want, they freak out, you know, that puts a huge stress on on mom and dad and or any caregiver as well. So, you know, it sounds like you also have to work with the family on their stress reduction so they can actually tolerate the discomfort that their child's going to go through for a period of time.
1: Absolutely. And and that scenario you described, you know, doesn't just go for food, but, you know, anything that's going to temporarily calm that child, you know, obviously a lot of families are just in survival mode. And, and um, you know, my hope is to get them out of that and, and get that child and that family thriving. And that's what I see more often than right. not. So. And do you see also, I
0: mean, I have to imagine sugar is part of that thing, too, that those kids are craving and that causes problems as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I feel like, um, you know, parents in general just seem more and more aware of that. You know, even folks that aren't doing tons of Internet research on right. food sensitivities and things like that, Um will immediately suspect things like sugar and, and, and processed foods. And, you know, I, most parents come in and say, I try to get vegetables and they know what I'm going <laughs> right. to recommend. So. Well, you're a naturopathic um, physician, of course, you're going to try to get vegetables yeah. into them, right? <laughs> yeah. So you, you start with the evaluation
0: of the diet and, and getting them to do things every day that's changing their diet to mm-hmm. influence their gut. And then what, what happens next?
1: Um, well, really the, the whole basis and background. I mean, I personally think for for health in any any part of the body is going to be the digestive system, and so we have a conversation about, you know, what is the digestive system and how is that affecting how their child is behaving, uh, you know, beyond just just food. So. Um, you know, we talk about the fact that a lot of the nervous system is is in the, the digestive tract and the cells of the digestive tract. A lot of the immune system is there. And so, you know, they can start to understand that, um, you know, the behaviors that we're seeing, um, you know, are, are going to be impacted by the digestive tract. And, you know, a lot of kids have digestive symptoms, like I was talking about last time, the, you know, constipation, diarrhea, so their parents have been trying to work on their, you know, on their digestive system for for a while, but then there are children who just have, you know, normal bowel movements, don't seem to be having stomach pain, maybe even the kids that are, um, you know, eating some vegetables, eating some protein, and so even with those children, I would still want to make sure that we investigate and, and, and uh, and try and improve their GI tract, their digestive system, because it's going to impact their nervous system and their immune system as well. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll you know, give treatments that, that are healing to the gut. I think, you know, probably one of the biggest, most basic things that I do for most of my patients is um, recommend some kind of a probiotic supplement, so beneficial gut bacteria. And like I said, if, you know, if your child's not having horrible GI problems. And, and you know, you're, you might think, well, maybe they don't need this gut bacteria, but then I, you know, we'll explain to the parents all, all of the new research that's constantly coming out that, um, you know, that our gut flora affects our nervous system and our immune system as well. So those are probably the two other, you know, the two next places to go um, in terms of evaluation and treatment of autism.
0: Okay. So I, yeah, we are seeing a lot of research on what's called the bi- microbiome, that kind of bacterial uh, flora and terrain of our internal system that, you know, we see there's leaky gut, where if the, your, your intestinal system is not, uh, there's not an integrity there, you're going to get leakage into your system, which is an irritant. And we know yeah. that, that certain things will show up, not necessarily, like you said, as diarrhea, constipation, bloating, but as mood swings yeah. and skin issues and sleep, al- sleep yeah. issues, etc. So uh, so as a naturopathic physician, you're working, you're starting with the gut at all from all the dimensions <laughs> yeah. that impact the immune and the nervous system. Yeah. And what about like you talked about last week, you know, this detoxification, which is has to do probably with our metabolic system mm-hmm. as well. Um, how do you evaluate and, and work with that?
1: Well, I mean, often it's a, a balance between, you know, do we need to do lab testing to look into what's specifically going on? Is there even a, a lab test at this point for, you know, something that we want to investigate? Or is there a particular nutrient that we can start to work with? Um, you know, and often I'll do something where I just kind of think of it as, you know, we're going to do a trial of, you know, for one month, we're going to give give this. And, you know, so there's still some kind of uncharted territory <laughs> that you go into uh, with that. But in terms of detox, I, you know, I find it's, it's such, it's such a pervasive issue, um, you know, in, in our society that, you know, we know there are more tox the toxic burden is greater um, and it's getting, you know, becoming greater all the time. And that also it's such an issue with, um, you know, developmental disorders that it's, it's a safe bet that if you start, uh, improving that child's detoxification systems, you're going to see improvement. Now, um, you know, that might sound like really complex <laughs> biochemical maneuvering, but actually I like to start with a lot of really basic things. Uh, for example, Epsom salt baths. Um, Epsom salts have been around forever and they're magnesium salt. Um, and in addition to just being calming and promoting sleep for children, um, a, a, an Epsom, a bath with a lot of Epsom salts in it will uh, improve their sulfation pathways, which is one of the detox pathways that can be impaired. So I think a lot of moms will be really surprised when one of my treatments involves, you know, putting Epsom salts in a warm bath. And some people have heard of it, you know, for sore muscles and things like that. Yeah. But, and for these kiddos, we'll do pretty high doses of that as well. Um, Like, you know, you're putting like four or five, six cups in there and you want the water as hot as possible to kind of encourage a sweat and not leave them in the bath too long. And and so there's some really basic things like that um topical castor oil as well that you can so we're really trying to approach it from many different ways um just to to improve detox.
0: All right so that detox
1: through so that magnesium uh, the epsom salt bath helps it go out through the skin correct? Yeah, yeah. So the heat is opening up the pores allowing the the magnesium salts in and then the sweat you're sweating out some of some of the toxins and then also the magnesium entering the body is going to is going to drive those detox pathways in the liver.
0: Yeah, and then the castor oil is also for the liver helping the detoxification um, mm-hmm. capacity and metabolic.
1: Yeah, and then there are other nutrients as well, some B vitamins and, you know, many other things that we might uh, recommend that that are going to help detoxification right. because, you know, as I said last time, that can be kind of one of the central areas of, of physical impairment. It's just, you need to get those detox pathways up and running and online. And, um, you know, and once that's happening, I, you know, really see improvements.
0: So there, there really is a process here. You start with that evaluation, you're looking at the, the gut, and you're working with the gut, and you're working with detoxification. What then what, how do you I mean, there's no cure, so to speak. You, If you have this disorder, it's a lifelong thing, something that you have to keep working with. Mm-hmm. So how do you talk people through this process, which is not just a, like a 7-Eleven quick stop shop kind of thing? Yeah. You, know, you well, don't just I, take this vitamin and you're good, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of metaphors that are used. One of the ones I've always heard even in the behavioral therapy realm was it's, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And, mm-hmm. and I think that can kind of help with that stress level as well. Right. Um, I often see moms that are just you know functioning at, at such an intense level of you know it is like they're they're running a race against time and they know you know the more time goes on the sicker my kid is getting the farther they're falling behind with their peers you know I have to do something and so just you know explaining that um, you know, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And another thing that, um, another little saying we used to use in behavioral therapy that I think is also true here is you have to go slow to go fast. Mm. So something like putting your child in an Epsom salt bath every night, you might be thinking, you know, why aren't they giving me these, you know, cutting edge medications to make this all go away? But um, but really just some of those basic things like like diet or, or Epsom salt baths are just ways of encouraging detoxification. Um, they can seem so simple, but they can have such an impact mm. um, because you're really affecting the whole body and all the sim- all the systems that are that are impaired. Right. So, and maybe mom and dad could do them too. Yeah, that often <laughs> happens. Yeah. Someone will say, you know i I've, I've got that same you know abdominal pain, and you know I decided to take out dairy too because it seemed to be bothering him. And you know. As, as we said, this is a genetic component. So often, some aspect of that child's uh, condition will, you know, will will um, you know come from one of one of the parents. Will say, yeah, I've always had eczema too, and you know, so right. and sometimes end up working with parents as well if they have some more major illnesses. But a lot of the basics, like like we've been talking about, looking at diet or you know, adding probiotics. Uh, probiotic supplement or Epsom salt baths, I do find that their parents will say, you know, I started doing that too, and I feel better. Or, I started right. you know, doing this with my other children and who don't have autism, but maybe have some other related conditions. Um, one thing that's really surprised me in, in learning about all of this is that there's so many connections with some other very common uh, pediatric uh, Ill- chronic illnesses like allergies and asthma mm-hmm. um, have a lot of these same components, you know, troubles, detoxifying, food sensitivities, things like that. So there's a lot of overlap. So what have you seen in your, in the children that you've worked with that,
0: you know, you you see them improving? Do you see them changing? Uh, Just a little tidbit perhaps of, of what you're seeing with this kind of treatment, evaluation and treatment with those children.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I'm seeing improvement. I think, um, In what way? You can kind of put kids in two categories with with any therapy. There are the responders, and then there are kids that are maybe not responding to that therapy. Um, And so occasionally, I'll see a child that isn't responding to some of the basic stuff, you know, and that just means we have have to keep searching. But, um, you know, the ways that they improve are as different as (laughs) all of the kids, but uh, just... You know, there's definitely you know more calm, less anxiety, and who wouldn't want that? You know, right. if, even if that child can't speak, you know, their parents can tell that that they are feeling anxious, and when they are feeling less anxious, so less less anxiety. You know, the kids aren't racing around the <laughs> the room anymore when they come to see me. They they can sit, they can maybe play with toys, interact with mom a little bit. Um, I see kids. You know, when I'm having to look in their eyes and ears and nose and things like that, it becomes less of a fight, you know, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're more um, more trusting of me and more comfortable with that interaction. Um, I see kids, you know, that, that didn't speak starting to put words together. Mm-hmm. I saw a little four-year-old the other day that wasn't talking in the previous four months that I've been treating her, and um, I was just prompting her when she wanted she wanted a toy that I was holding, and I said, say my turn, and, and she said it. She repeated it back, mm-hmm. and, you know, mom and grandma were in the room just in tears saying, this is in the last month. She's just started being able to repeat words at the age of four. So I see things like that, <laughs> which no. are amazing. Yeah, it yeah. must be so
0: gratifying to just to open those doors and look in the room with, with the child and with the families, too.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's very hopeful, and you kind of mentioned, you know, There's no no cure. I mean, there's certainly plenty of children that go through biomedical therapies and educational therapies early on. And what happens is when they are reevaluated at an older age, they essentially, you know, test out of special education and they are diagnosed as no longer being on the spectrum. So that definitely does happen.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Really getting... Getting to uh, work on their strengths as opposed to their deficits or using their deficits and turning them into strengths, you know? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, Dr. LaRosa, you certainly has been illuminating talking to you in these past two weeks about autism spectrum disorder and and the fact that there's so much to be done to help these children and improve their functioning and also their, their sense of well-being and to help families. Thank you so much for being with us today on Health Currents Radio again, and uh, good luck to you in in treating all the children that you meet. Thank you so much, Alan. My pleasure. And if you want to learn more about Dr. LaRosa and schedule an appointment or a consult with her, you can just contact her at drvalerie at pearlnaturalhealth.com, or you can call her clinic at 503-230-8973 to set up an appointment. Again, Dr. LaRosa, thanks again for being with us. Thanks, Ellen. That's all for our show today. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, and I want to thank our sponsor, Pearl Natural Health, a naturopathic acupuncture and Chinese medicine clinic in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can find Pearl Natural Health at pearlnaturalhealth.com. And you can always listen to Health Currents Radio and find all of our past shows, including the show that we did with Dr. LaRosa last week at healthcurrentsradio.com. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review while you're at it. It helps get the word out. You'll find us on the mobile app Stitcher. You can also find us on Twitter at Pearl Natural or join the conversation and do like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HealthCurrentsRadio. We want to know how you are transforming your life through your health. That's all for our show today. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, and I want to thank our sponsor, Pearl Natural Health a naturopathic acupuncture and Chinese medicine clinic in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can find Pearl Natural Health at pearlnaturalhealth.com. You can always listen to Health Currents Radio and find all of our past shows at healthcurrentsradio.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review while you're at it to help get the word out. You can find us on the mobile app Stitcher, find us on Twitter at Pearl Natural, or join the conversation and do like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash healthcurrentsradio. We want to know how you are transforming your life through your health.